What is up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm Andy Shaver, and this is the Big Honker Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This one is a hell of an episode. Tons of fun, tons of laugh. But first, before we get to that, got a little bit of business to tend to. Make sure you have uh, followed us on all the social media channels, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Uh, it, it's the same on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Andy underscore Shaver on Instagram, and then Jeff is at jstanfield68. So, there's all of that. Make sure you have subscribed to this podcast. If you're listening to it on iTunes, just click that little subscribe button and then voila, magic right to your phone. Don't even have to worry about it. Anyway, like I said, on this episode, we have Eric Lewis, owner of Pork Choppers Aviations. The son of a bitch owns a company where you get to shoot pigs out of a helicopter. Does it get any more red-blooded American than that? I don't think so. He is also a uh, filmographer. He has gone all over the world filming hunts. He also films his pig hunts. Odds are, if you've seen a pig die out of a helicopter, it's probably one of his videos. So, uh, he's got a ton of stories. We had a ton of laughs. Had a couple Coors Lattes cracked open during the middle of the episode. So, lots of fun. This is going to be one that you're going to want to tell your friends about. It? Is that how y'all no, do it? Do everything we've never we don't have any script. That's good. We just talk, just riff. Three, two, one, boom, and welcome to Studio A, the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. We're happy to have you here listening. We've got a special fucking guest. Super pumped, Jeff. You do the intro, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, <laughs> <laughs> my nephew, Andy's cousin, Eric Lewis. He's the owner of Pork. Pork Choppers Aviation, almost screwed up all over the helicopter hog hunting service in Haskell, Texas. He is a probably the most gifted filmographer in the hunting business that I know and just did a great, he's working on a film for the boys right now, a goose hunting deal. And Eric, I guess I've kind of introduced you, you tell us more about <laughs> yourself. Man, I hope I can live up to that intro, so <laughs> I don't know, I'm pretty, I'm a little nervous. I finally made it to the big time. I'm on the, the Big Honker podcast here in, in big-ass Texas. But, uh, no, my name's Eric Lewis. Uh, like like Jeff introduced me, uh, I've got Pork Choppers Aviation. We do helicopter hog hunts. I also do video production and some photography stuff. And just a uh, red-blooded, American, Trump-loving, Hillary-hating guy. So <laughs> you're, you're, you're a true Texan by, any, by all accounts. A all-state football player, linebacker, married a cheer, college cheerleader. I did. And, and get to make a living hunting and filming hunts. <laughs> that's that's Caitlin, that what everybody does? By God, you're living the dream. <laughs> Kaylin was a cheerleader. I forget she about was, that. She was a flyer, man. I picked the tiniest one. You picked one. the smallest one. Yeah, that's you, awesome. Yeah, you damn sure did that. <laughs> what, she weigh a buck? Oh, no. She's under a buck. That's crazy. <laughs> With a kid. Yeah. With a kid. Hell, she had the kid and 
I want to say it probably took 20 minutes, and she looked like she hadn't had a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, how much did your left leg weigh? More than Caitlin does. <laughs> More than uh, Caitlin does? Yes. Oh, about shit. a long way. Probably my left toe. Uh, Sorry, honey. This, uh, You're getting a taste of what Christmas and Thanksgiving and every, and every other major holiday. Every year. Any get-together that we have, this is basically what, what it would be like if you were a fly on the wall. We got a couple Coors lattes going, as as Mr. Poppy likes to say, and it's just this this episode might take a couple left turns, but we'll get there. I promise you, if you are a listener who is offended by foul language, extreme conservative viewpoints, or any of the like, you might want to just give up on this download. I'm just throwing that out there as a suggestion. You don't have to heed my warning, but let's roll with it. Yeah, well, I think we've shed most of them people already. Or <laughs> they so listen to just a couple of them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if we ever got got those. But no, you know, I mean, it's about killing geese, like at its core. So let's talk. Let's talk about the helicopter hog hunting. How that's been legal? What six, seven, eight years? Uh, we are in year as of September. It'll be seven years. It was legalized at the opening of, of basically dove season. So first of September of 2011 is when the legislation went into effect. Um, since then it's, it's pretty, it's rolled pretty steady. You know, there's been a lot come and go, but been in it and it's, it's actually really amazing. Like, uh, you know, I mean, we kill, man, I, I I can't remember my counts. I actually meant to look that up before I came out here, but in this past spring, I want to say it was roughly 1800, uh, 2000 pigs. Wow. And, uh, we also, a little known fact, um, we don't really push it as hard because people it takes a lot more explanation. Like I think that it's pretty well known that feral hogs are a problem. Yes. Everybody can I mean attest to that. And and something kind of crazy, little tangent side note, we fly in a lot of the same areas that outfitters like like Stanfield hunting outfitters and things like that do ground hog hunts in and everyone is still successful. That's how many hogs there are. It really they're not going anywhere. I I think that's pretty safe to say. So uh, oh picture. <laughs> going, it's going on the ground, but um, oh, I got I'm on Andy's Instagram, Stanford Hunt Outfitters. Ooh. But no, um, little known thing, we also uh, do coyote depredation. So, um, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, but just to kind of keep it brief, uh, you guys know because you know ranchers. But when uh, mama cows start calving, coyotes are also packing up. The females are going in heat. This normally happens around every February and. Uh, that's when we get pretty hard and heavy trying to control the coyote population just to keep them from uh, they'll, they'll actually eat a, uh, a calf coming out of the mother the mother cow will lay down start having a calf they'll just start eating the calf and work their way right up the asshole of the mom and, wow. and eat her from the from the rear up that's mm. i think i might i used to say that being burnt alive would be the worst but i think having my ass eaten yeah from the, after it's eaten no homo offspring yeah no, uh, yeah. not not like in a salad tossing way. It's not what you're trying to tell us. <laughs> no. But uh, anyhow, no, that's kind of what we do. Um, we just uh, we have a lot of relationships with landowners, and they need their they they need the hogs controlled, and um, we we work with them and stay coordinated. And people from all over the world book hunts, and just like with you guys, there's some. Yep. I haven't had any Muslims yet, though. I will say no. that. We got you beat on that one. <laughs> yes, you do. I don't really think we want to turn them loose with ARs in the helicopter, no. though. I will tell you. Okay, we're already getting into this. Um, <laughs> Andy was talking about in a recent podcast that he felt like he was uh, profiling, basically. Islamophobia. Islamophobia. I, I, I figured so, out the word, finally. 
so I had these guys book a hunt, and I didn't know where they were from, but their names sounded to my ignorant, you know. Like we're, we're, we, we're educated. All three of us are educated guys, but we're also from a different part of the world than a lot of people yes. are. So, well, exposure would be not educated, but a lack of exposure, I should say. Um, I've got these guys that book a hunt, and their names sound a little Durka Durka for, <laughs> Durka, <laughs> for you Durka, folks Durka, out there. Durka. Yeah. <laughs> little Durka Durka. A little Durka Durka. Anyway, I, just like with yours, no, never met them face to face. They show up. I have no idea what to expect. It's him and his brother. And they, he speaks English. His brother speaks broken English, which I do not like because if if you give a command in a helicopter, they need to respond lickety tick. Understandable. So, um, they, but everything was good. You know, we talked through it, and I was nervous. You know, it's the same thing Andy was talking about. I, that's what all I could think about in that podcast was like, holy shit, that's the same thing. I was worried, like, man, what if? Because I get a lot of, I get a lot of hate messages, like. Enough that I don't even talk about it. Like wishing that my my children die, uh, un, you know, giving my wife get cancer and get raped, like crazy things like that. That's nuts, isn't it? Yes. Like that you place more value on a on an animal, irregardless of the animal. Not to mention it's the most hated animal probably in wildlife in terms of general public opinion. Yeah, you place the value of that animal's life higher than a human being any human being but that's yeah. just that's the fucking liberal that's oh, a liberal oh, way oh we're gonna get it going tonight <laughs> well <laughs> that's tell. that's the way it is with the liberals though They're it those, is ridiculous it is they they see something it offends them in some form or fashion and they hit the brakes on everything like I, myself if something offends me typically and, and i'm not trying to sound like i'm a textbook but I try to educate myself a little so i don't sound like a buffoon right. arguing the point they don't they it's it's balls to the wall you need to die or stop what you're doing and and just one time i'd like to get someone in person <clears throat> excuse me someone that's extreme leftist snowflake hates hunting and let them let them express their point and uh, it'd be almost like one of those change my mind deals and let them say that and then just ask why let's or, make let's make that happen if anybody's listening that has this liberal hating friend We'd love to have you on the podcast. Yes, we'd love to. We'll get all, we'll, we'll and we all, won't scream. We won't scream. No. We'll keep it very civil. We'll all three get on. You can argue your point. You can yell and scream and all that stuff. Because they will. You, they're the most intolerant people in the world. Oh, all, they yeah. want, all they do is preach tolerance, but they're the most intolerant. Exactly. So let's, let's go back to the hog hunting now. Okay. So, so these guys, where were they from? Uh, it turned out after everything was said and done, they were some of the safest gun handlers and most accurate shots we've had in a long time. They were, <laughs> they used to be in the Israeli army. Oh, that's why they oh, could wow. shoot. That's, that's why the they could shoot. In. They were yeah. used to shooting AKs, one of the most the, inaccurate, yeah, uh, most safest in guys you can be with. They were. And, and, uh, <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll make this one quick too, because this one, you will laugh at this one. Okay. I don't know if I've told y'all this at any holidays. Funny story. I have a man email me. Everything of this booking was done via email. His name is Bill Wu. Now I know that that's a you need to investigate a little bit. Obviously, the Chinese aren't invading, so I don't mean it in that way. So you guys don't don't take it like I meant meant the first one. But uh, a language barrier can be an issue, like we mentioned and touched on. So anyway, they booked a hunt. It's for him and two friends, and the two friends are flying, and he's just coming as an observer. They get there, and it's two gentlemen from China that speak. Maybe one word of English, and we're talking about yes being that <laughs> word. <laughs> so we get we meet them at stripes. We walk up, um, and my pilot's at the hangar getting the helicopter ready. And I say I see them, and it's very evident. 
because there's two Asian guys in Haskell, Texas. For one. Yeah, but we do. We other do than have the a, Japanese restaurant, the Chinese right. restaurant. That's it. And we got a donut shop. Oh, there you so go. So we got those two things. But these guys are standing there in like Walmart mossy oak camo that maybe I bought when you first married Michelle. Like okay. this stuff's old school pattern. And I walk up and I go, hey guys, you ready to go kill some pigs from a helicopter? And they just go, ha ha, kind of, kind of smile and wave. So anyhow, I'm freaking out because I don't know what to do. And uh, we go out to the hangar, and I'm like, hey, man, uh, these guys don't speak English. I don't know what the hell we're going to do. Anyway, shorten the story down. Uh, we ended up doing a little bit longer safety briefing, about an hour and a half talking. And basically, they had two commands. It was yes and no. <laughs> yes meant shoot. No meant quit shooting. And they ended up being some of the safest shooters. But the funny part is my pilot, being a country boy like we are, they go up, and they get on a coyote first, and he – He's like, all right, y'all can go ahead and shoot like he's used to doing. They don't do anything. So he goes, oh, um, um, shoot, um, see, see. But they're not Mexican, they're Chinese. <laughs> anyway, that was the, that was the funny tangent of that story, but. So what is your, uh, what you mentioned your safety briefing. You said that one took an hour and a half. What is your normal, your normal uh, safety briefing? Typically it's just going over. So the worst, the worst person that it can be is the person that already knows. I'm sure you deal with the same shit. Yep, every day. So well, not every day. The, the person, typically when I when I greet the group, you know, and I'm like, all right, guys, who who here has familiarity with the AR-15 platform rifle? The ones that say, there's two answers that I don't like. The ones that are like, oh yeah, I've shot them a few times. That's not good. Number right. two would be the person that says, and this is actually this is probably the number one. Is what it should have been is, oh yeah, I own one. Right. Yeah. You can own in one hand and shit in the other one and see which one's more full. But the uh, those guys, they are more close-minded to you. So anyway, back to your back to your question. Safety briefing. Well, you, just, you can't tell them anything because they no. know better. And and everybody's jacked on adrenaline. They're ready to go. They're excited. Right. They're about to fly around with a gun. And you know the the biggest things that I hammer to them are if if you don't listen to anything I say, you've got two things to listen to. One, don't point the gun up ever. And two, keep the gun on safe when you're not shooting. It's kind of basic firearm principles. Don't point the gun where you don't want it to go off and and uh, keep it on safe until it's time to fire. Right. And, I mean, you deal with the same thing. Like mm -hmm. most shotguns now, the safety is – it literally slows you down maybe a half second on a right. shotgun. But – and I've done it too, I'll be honest, where the geese are circling down, you're ready to go, you click it off safety so you can shoot that much faster than your buddy sitting next to you. And that's how people shoot their foot off. Yep. I mean, they go up in, in the goose field. I mean, they go up and pull the trigger as they're going their way up. You lose a big toe. Um, helicopter, though, they shoot and they shoot a blade. You're going. You're you're done. Like you can shoot the skid and you're still okay. You shoot right. the blade. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it's like cutting a wing off. Well, yeah, I haven't been able to participate in hel helicopter hog hunting because y'all discriminate against fat people. <laughs> There's a little weight limit on this thing. We're gonna have to take that up with Robinson Helicopters. Okay. They're, they're the ones that set that seat weight. Okay. So, so back. So back to. The, so what is your? What do you? That's basically what you tell them. Two things. I hammer that. I run through the firearms. I make sure they're comfortable with um, the operation of it, where the safety is, how to change a magazine. We do use scary thirty round magazines. And yeah. prove that there is a function to them. So that's kind of yeah. interesting. Have, have you ever had anybody drop a gun? Because that's when, I, when I've watched the video. <clears throat> I've wondered about someone shooting the blade 
and I've worried, wondered about some jackass dropping a gun. We have not um, because I put a single point sling on there and drape it around their neck. So that keeps them from dropping the so gun. So they can let go and it'll just dangle it'll by just their dangle side. There. I have lost a lot of magazines though. <laughs> a lot. Or as some call them, clips. Yeah, It's a, cl- it's a clip. <laughs> are your guys harnessed in or are they just in a... It's it's uh, The harness is essentially the same thing that's in your vehicle. It's a three-point harness, so uh, it's a shoulder belt. Uh, you typically pull slack in it so that we can scoot out the guys that are pushing the weight threshold some <laughs> i've had some so on the front seat the magazines your extra mags are all down between your legs and well, i she some, can't get them <laughs> some people can't yeah, i had there. one guy i had one guy he had to have his buddy in the back seat handing magazines over the oh, middle yeah, being fat's not for pussies i'm <laughs> no, telling you right now it's hard not, on everything not for helicopters either no. no no i mean it's just think about it if if how many 300-pound flying uh, birds of flight are there? None. Not Boom. None. Science, None. bitches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. And it's like putting – it's basically – I mean, the cockpit's no bigger than a like a – No, they're tiny. Bug, Volkswagen Beetle, that's a basically. Good, yeah, it's like being in a sprint car. Pretty much. Yeah. So and you don't see any fat-ass NASCAR drivers no, either. No, hell no. You're just stuck <laughs> getting in and out. You have to Vaseline your ass to get you in through the door windows. Okay. Let me ask you this. Most coyotes y'all have ever shot in a day? In a day would have been this January. We had a group of nine guys. We flew to the west of Jayton, Texas, which is even smaller, believe it or not, than Knox City, Texas. And now, so uh, just to explain a little bit, a little lead up. When people hear talk, uh, guys talk about, oh, we shot 150 hogs. We shot 200 hogs. We shot this and that. Time is a big factor on that. If you've got a group of 10 dudes and you fly all day, you're obviously going to shoot more animals than two guys that come and are done by a 930. So this was a big group of guys, nine guys. We had uh, a friend of ours flying his uh, two-seater, an R-22, and then we had the R-44 out there. And we killed 203 hogs and 100 even coyotes and that was the most coyotes we've killed in one day and it was on one ranch it was a 40,000 acre ranch so it was a shitload a of property of a lot of country and it wasn't cultivation either like around here it was um it was ranch land you know mesquites and and prickly pear and stuff like that so uh there was a river that cuts through the middle of it and i'm assuming that's one of the things that helped hold them because it was still a little bit dry in january but that was the most second to that would have been around 80 and we did that in 2014, and that was on some of the stuff near Throckmorton. Do you, do you see very many cats while y'all are doing this? Uh, surprisingly not. And um, put it this way, if you're seeing cats out of the helicopter, you got a cat problem. Right. Um, and, and to clarify, if any of you are liberal snowflakes just hunting for uh, insults or to throw any kind of accusations at us, by cats we mean bobcats, which are a game animal. Not yeah, we're not flying cats. through neighborhoods shooting <laughs> not, Fifi. Not, not the house cat. Yeah, we won't shoot Fifi or Fluffy. No. So, um, no, we've, I, I would say, it, I mean, less than two dozen out of the entire amount of time that have been seen. Uh, and I honestly attribute that to the fact that I think a feline's a little bit smarter. You think of how a cat reacts. Their instinct is not to – they're not a – you know, in fight or flight, they're not a flight animal. They, they're they going to sit down and see what's going on. And then they're so, going to fight your ass if you corner them. Correct. So they uh, – you know, when they hear the helicopter, they're going to just – you know, wh- one of them we saw this past season was up in a tree and it had a rabbit in its mouth. I wish I could see it on the GoPro, but, of course, with fisheye lenses, you can't see crap. But um, it had a, it, they saw it. One of the hunters saw it. 
So, you know, things like that where you almost accidentally see them. If you ever see them running, it's because they were out dicking around in a wheat field and they're trying to get to cover. But they find thick brush, lay down, and you, it's very, very rare. And never seen a long-tail cat, which is something that, I mean, there there are enough people around our area that have seen long-tail cats. You'd think that. Yeah, someone's going to, a game cam, you know, that kid ran. Somebody just needs to shoot one and get it over. Somebody ran over one, a kid from basketball practice at Grayford was going home this in January, and he ran over one that weighed 146 pounds. That's a big cat. At 8 o'clock at night. I would have thought it would be small around Yeah, me too. That's a big-ass cat. Yeah. That's that's a big, big uh, cat. I know when I was in college, one of my favorite classes was zoology. And I know that sounds nerdy, but it was because the professor, his name was Dr. Stengel at Midwestern State University. He actually took half the semester and talked about the textbook, and the other half he taught us about animals and wildlife in our area that were... That's that very pre- interesting. I, it was. It was things you can go drive down the highway and see. You know, red-tailed hawks are everywhere around here. He spent a whole lecture talking about red-tailed hawks and the benefits that they serve and how they migrate through and things like that and why you only see them part of the year. Um, he had a person that ran over a long-tailed cat near Vernon, brought it to him. So that's that's one. You know, that's not that far. Vernon's no. Vernon's hour and a an half. Hour. 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 So yeah. that's pretty damn close. And I think they say a long-tailed cat's home range is like a 14-mile radius or something. I've, I've seen one two times. I but, believe But it. it's always just a, a boom, boom. It's it. never very – it's never, a, you know, a long look at them. It's, bam, there's cat. You know, there's somebody – I think uh, – I'm really surprised of people who spend all the – you know, their lives outdoors. I'm really surprised Wyman Menzer hasn't seen one out. Or yeah. he maybe has. I don't know. But you'd think he'd – if there was anybody who was going to get a picture of one. It'd be Wyman. Yep. As much foot trapping and, and calling as he did but or does. but oh, well, Our old game warden said he knew where there was a whole whole den. Yeah, he, there was a mother where she – Mother would, and cubs. Mother and cubs. Ronnie or mm-hmm. – But he didn't tell anybody. He wouldn't tell nobody. Because he knew they'd go kill her. He knew they would be gone yep. in the not-so-distant future. Man, I wish he'd have got him a camera and got him that. Just to shut everybody up, just yeah. to get it over with. Now, now on the on the shooting the hogs out of the helicopter, y'all have a season, basically. Once the trees, once the trees bloom, you're just about done, right? So, when when I call it a season, it, it's obvious. It's something that's. I mean, feral hogs are year round. You guys know, right? Um, they're a non game animal in the state of Texas. They're considered feral wildlife. So, or, or a, a non indigenous species would be a better explanation. They uh, we we basically set our own season, and there are there are a lot of factors that determine it. So we, I call the start of our season September and. Uh, we start then it's still hot but what happens is there's a lot of our our landowners are farmers and they'll have grain crops in like uh milo crops and things like that yep so they need help so gotta gotta cater to them so we start up you know late august september it's you you guys know it's hot it's still 100 yeah. 105 it's ridiculous that's that's, <laughs> that's when our highest concentration of throw-ups happen is in the heat Warms up about 8.30, and it crests that 90-degree mark. Get a little woozy. But um, So we start then. It's still, there's still a lot of, uh, you know, like the mesquites are still greened up. It's still it's a little more work to find them. But the animals are more concentrated around where those crop fields are, so you can find them. Uh, we take off November and December to be respectful to all the deer hunters that are in all the areas. Cause mo- and also, most of our landowners lease their land for extra income to deer hunters. So it uh, you know, uh, reduces any friction there. Then we start back up after general season ends. Normally, it ends the first weekend of January. Uh, so we start then. Uh, normally, I'm down for shot show and travel then. But we'll go January, February, March. 
and the very beginning of April. And then we go ahead and shut down because once April hits, you're getting into turkey season, things like that. Plus, the the thunderstorms start getting really unpredictable. And I'll have guys just like you do that book six, eight months in advance. Some of these guys are flying. Like, I've got some guys that fly all the way from the U.K. Uh, I've had some Australian guys. When you're booking a flight like that, they're planning it way in advance. So right. I'm just trying to reduce um, – just trying to reduce the the risk of having to cancel or, or reschedule because we are so dependent on what the weather does. And you get that old question: Well, what's the weather going to be like then? Well, shit, I don't have a clue. Well, what's the weather going to be like, or when's the best time to go? Yes, that all. The time. I bet you get that. When's yes. the best? Every day I'm open is the best day to come. <laughs> like lately, we've had these 40, 40 mile an hour wind days. Exactly, Did they hurt y'all a bunch. Big time. Uh, so forty mile an hour would be a hell no. Uh, we can fly up to, I say we can, the helicopter is capable of flying in damn near anything outside of tornado. a tornado. Right. Yeah. Um, we set a limit as to what the pilot is safe or feels confident flying in. And we, I mean, obviously everything's taken into account. We're taking strangers' lives into our hands. So there's a little more strict, uh, uh, evaluation on that than if it was, you know, me and Emmett going and dicking around for a day. Um, so basically, it can be blowing. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I got the the typical allergies. The West Texas sinus in West Texas. Yeah. <sighs> but uh, uh, it could be blowing 25 miles an hour, and if it's a semi-constant wind, it's not an issue. When it's an issue is when it starts getting gusty, gusty. which it always yeah. is. So that's another big reason for shutting down for April, especially May. It's just like today we were we were on the edge of having a thunderstorm today. Yeah. Could have been. So yep. you got chances in the morning, right. but who knows. Even the weather people around here don't know. That's the only job you can have and fucking keep your job and be wrong every day of your life. So you they're good at wind. Though. You film you film all of your hunts. Pretty much, there there are maybe two or three out of each season because I charge the guys a little bit of money for it because mm-hmm. I mean I when I've got the GoPros and then I've got my big camera on the ground. I take still photos and things like that. I've got 10 grand worth of equipment out there and it's getting dirt blown all in it. I'm, I'm putting hours on my main camera body. I have to fart with it and then I have to go back and edit it, which normally it normally takes about an hour per shooter. So if there's a group of six, I've got six hours of work to do. So outside of Hollywood, California, there's not a more talented uh, film guy than Eric. Well, what I was going to ask is you do a damn uh, good job. (laughs) You mentioned people throwing up. Yeah. How much of that do you have on film? Oh, I've got some. <laughs> the, the problem is, see, so, like, my two camera angles are one over the shoulder where I can see both guys because I don't want to do three cameras because that would be a right. nightmare. So I do one over the shoulder where you can see what they're shooting at, and then I do one in the cabin that has the headset audio piped into it. So, Because if not, if you just put them on top of the guns, then it can be anybody. So I try to do it, if they're going to pay me for it, at least to where it's something they can show their friends and their friends are like, oh, shit, that is you. More personalized. Exactly. And you can hear them talking, which most guys, for whatever reason, they can be the biggest characters on the ground. You get them in a helicopter and they're... Well, their butts (laughs) clenched. I didn't see them. Maybe so. They're pulling up those Hershey kisses. That's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Or if they're close to that weight limit, they're like, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to tilt on my side. They're like, watch the helicopter take off canted. (laughs) (laughs) So so what does the... um, How often does someone throw up? It, it's normally, like I said, it's normally in warmer weather. Uh, like this whole spring, we might have had one or two people throw up. Are they embarrassed usually? Here's what normally happens. They're normally with a, a guy friend. It's two guys. You know, they're broing down in the helicopter doing this thing. And they don't want to be the pussy that says, hey, land. We tell them, hey, if you feel sick, right when you start feeling sick, we can land in the field. 
you can get out and walk around, and then you don't have to feel like shit the rest of the day. Right. Well, I'd be all over that shit. I wouldn't have yeah. no problem at all throwing the flag. Most don't. Some do, and they never regret it, but some are like, oh, I can, I can, can do it. I can do and it. And then it slowly inches it. its way up their esophagus, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you there's <laughs> – the worst is when the front seat dude throws up and their buddy in the, oh, in the God. back. God. So we had a chick – we normally have like maybe three girls a year hunt, and – this girl came. It was a business trip. It was in March. It was one of our last. It was the second to last. It was yeah, second to last weekend of the season. And this chick, she never hunted. She barely shot. It's her first experience. Like, and I'm like, man, this is not hunting. Like, I, I said, I just want you to know, this is not when people say they hunt. Like, just to clarify, I say we say helicopter hog hunts, but that's because that is a marketing term that everybody jumped on and i have to use it to meet seo standards and stuff like that get attention with keywords on google it is depredation there's no doubt that's not a fair chase it's yeah. a shooting deal it's you're it's killing 100 yeah. it's it's killing rats right so anyway this girl goes up and she pretty much after like 10 minutes just blows chow all oh. over the dude like it just he i mean it wasn't oh. a direct shot she tried to shoot it out but oh. like the, the rotor wash spackled it so oh, they, i'd be throwing it they back. land oh. they land and i don't know and i look at the suppressors on the guns like and there's like beef cook, burrito all over cook, it. it looked like cook snot on my oh. on my suppressor and i'm like did you throw up she said <laughs> yeah but i was good after it and i was like you're the first one that's ever puked and felt okay after. Because uh, have y'all had motion sickness ever? Yes. yes. Okay. Threw, it I, isn't quick. We. No. Uh, I got on a fishing trip in the Pacific. <laughs> one of uh, one of our buddies had worst. a pilot, had a little plane out here. Yes. And it was like September, October, same type deal. And I got I got out of school. I was in fifth or sixth grade, and we were like going around some of our leases, flying over them. And he was a a bush pilot. Yeah, he flew he? a King Air like he was in a little bush plane. Yeah. And, like, we're fucking mesquite tree high. And he was like, okay, we're going to go to the lot. We'll, we'll fly over the lodge real quick, and it'll be this epic moment. You'll see it from the air. You know, <laughs> you're fucking 10 years old. You're jazzed about it. I'm sitting in the front seat. A little different than flying American. Getting a little hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Getting a little heat. hot. Yeah. No heat. air conditioner. Getting a little hot. Kind of get a little bit flustered. And then we we get right over the lodge, and that's when I blow chow. <laughs> so I didn't even get to fucking see the lodge. Oh I man, had my head. And the funny thing, the funny thing is, I felt bad for the dude afterwards, but uh, he gave me a, a a plastic Walmart sack for me to throw up in. So I, th- I throw up in it, and we land. But he didn't know that the bag had ripped. <laughs> Oh, so you were just puking right through it. <laughs> like it, was, it was a little, like, two or three-inch g- gash in the bottom of the bag. Nice. So I threw up in it. Set, I set it between my feet. I tied it up like a good good little young lad. <laughs> and then when I got out, I looked back at that little hell hole of a seat I had, and it was just fucking oozing out the <laughs> He side. tried to be a gentleman, and he tied up an empty bag. Do you know whose plane that was? No. That's Paris Hilton's dad's plane. Really? Yeah, that was the Hilton family. Really? No way. Yeah, to hang out with Scott Tarwater, yeah. Dude, you could have had you could have been married into that thing if you wouldn't have messed yeah. that up. That's her you uncle know, and her cousins. <laughs> well, we hunted them uh, a couple years after that. I was older. I didn't know that's who, who that particular story was. But they said she's actually like, it's all a shtick for television. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Like, she's actually Everything like is. incredibly, yeah. incredibly oh, smart. Oh, man, incredibly we've opened talented. up a can of worms because of what's been pissing me off lately. <laughs> what? All right, you're talking about all for TV or do it for the gram or whatever. Yeah. Have you guys seen Lil Tay before? Huh? No. You haven't. What? I'm about to 
piss you off. Little what? L-I-L-T-A-Y. Listeners, don't go Google it. Just listen to the description because this stupid little bitch doesn't need any more views. She's nine years old, and she acts all thug and gangster. And, like, she gets out of her daddy's Ferrari with a big fat stack of cash. And it's like, all you bitches ain't got my kind of money. I'm making this. Anyway, all that to say. And she's nine? Nine years old. This is the kind of shit that that Paris Hilton, Paris Hilton get famous mindset has led into. So that's what I've been. Lil Tay. Lil Tay. And there's another one. I can't remember her name. She, like, throws these big tantrums. She's probably 16, 17. Is that the Bow Wow girl, whatever her name was? I don't know. What was that What was that damn saying? Uh, something. Something. God showed off. Uh, God dang it! The girl that the girl that was on Maury or all over it was. And oh, oh, catch me outside. Catch me outside. How about that? Yeah, how about, no, these, how about that girl? These these girls would make you confident taking catch me outside girl to church with you. She's got like a big time TV show now too. Well, these other girls She's catch crazy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And what the bad? Oh, this girl and another girl did a collaboration video. It was all over the internet today, where the older one pretended like she was having a baby. So they have this blanket over this 16-year-old girl's crotch and everything like she's having a baby. And she's pushing and acting all crazy. They pull out this little plastic baby doll, and it's all markered up just like it's Lil Wayne. Like all tatted up and stuff like some gangster. Like, kids are watching this, man. Well, it's because adults like me wouldn't watch it. (laughs) What's crazy is we we watch, uh, there's a show on MTV that we watch called The Challenge, and it's kind of like the real world, but they do physical. I don't and, watch that smut. And it, Me yeah, neither. It, it, that's all it is. It's just fucking garbage TV. Uh, Mind-numbing. And one of the one of the previews for another MTV show is is Young Mom. They had Teen Mom, is but I guess, like I guess that teen, wasn't. Teen Mom 2? No, they've got Teen Mom 2 also. Oh. They've got Young Mom. Is that younger than a teen? That's what I, uh, fucking, you can't get 12-year-olds? It better not be 12-year-olds. Yeah, like how, how, how old is. Is young mom. I don't have a clue. But yeah, it's, it's not I don't teen know. mom. I know the youngest girl I remember being pregnant when I was in school. I'm not going to say We probably that. shouldn't go to this route. It's probably not. Oh, okay. Well, lots, the young, lots, the, lots of locals. I, I've already started it, show. but uh, the youngest one was pregnant in the eighth grade. That's yeah. the youngest I remember. You know, yeah. MTV is trash, and, and Andy watches it, but Ed watches it also because I caught Andy and Ed talking about the New, the New Jersey Shore the yeah. other day, <laughs> and they all knew what was going on. I'm like, Ed, did you watch that crap? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course he does. Yeah, yeah Ed you know, loves the Jersey Shore. You know, you're talking about the motion sickness. Me and your dad went to, went, went to Disney World one year. Remember when we all went? I don't know oh, when it was. We went a couple of times, but one year we went. I went the first time. Maybe it was one, maybe it was when you were out of it. But the maybe second it was after time. the second time. But anyways, your mom and dad were there, which they went both times too. Anyways, we were there, and we went. They have the the space deal, and it says on there, if you're a pregnant woman, you do not need to ride. If oh, it spins the shit yes, out of you and motion sickness and stuff. So I said, hey, I'm out of this deal. And, <laughs> and Michelle starts giving me that old, oh, don't be a pussy. You go, yeah. just get on there. Come on, Jeff. Come on, Payne's riding. He's six. I said, I don't give a shit. I'm not going to get sick and do this stuff. So I sat on a bench. And y'all all went in, and y'all come out, and your dad was green. He's like, "Oh, that's the worst thing I ever did in life." I said, that's why I didn't go. So I would make him land that I, damn helicopter. I, I rode that one. That thing, like, it pulls some straight G's. Yeah, I ain't doing that shit. There ain't no sense yeah, making yourself miserable. No. Okay, let's, let's let's get off little G, little Tay, or whatever we're talking about, <laughs> and let's let's talk about let's talk some more about Eric Lewis. He's our moderator. Eric Lewis. Yeah, he is. Uh-huh. He does that, Keep and, he's, and then he's just yeah, just like let it happen. Let but it but but I'll go back to when we get off point. I'll go back to get you yeah. to finish. Because the <laughs> listeners riding around is like, well, I want to hear the rest of that fucking story. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Well, we no, we didn't. We weren't on a story on that one. No, oh, okay. I want to talk to you about. You filmed hunts all over the place. Yes. What, where's the most? What's the most awesome thing you've seen? Because you haven't done a polar bear hunt, have you? No. 
But you've been to Alaska filming. Uh, no, I went to British, northern part of uh, British Columbia next to the Yukon border. Okay. So it was as Alaska as British Columbia gets. Right. And I mean, in terms of like the mountainous section, uh, it wasn't tundra or anything like that. That was pretty darn impactful to my life because that was the first major, uh, you know, hunt that I was a part of. And coming from Knox City, Texas High School, go Greyhounds. That's right. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was a big deal for me to be uh, flying into Canada and taking three different little puddle jumpers and then getting to the lodge two hours from the nearest little municipal airport and then getting on a, a single-engine airplane and flying into a camp with no electricity and horseback. That was pretty impactful to me, but I – man, it's a really – okay, so it's kind of biased because this past year, normally I'm behind the camera. This past year, somehow, magically, I get to be the hunter and be on an episode of Trophy Hunters TV, and we went to New Zealand. So I got to go to New Zealand. I got to shoot two trophy red stag and a fallow buck, which New Zealand, we were on uh, – so there's two different islands, and um, we were – oh, man, it's too late at night. I think we are on the north – yeah, we are on the north island – and uh, the North Island is like a jungle. And I never thought that because everything I'd seen was on the South Island. It was more mountainous and, and shale rock, snow-capped mountains. We're down in – it looks like Jurassic Park. Literally yeah. the piece right behind the lodge, what's called – they called it Jurassic Park. Just big ferns. It was insane. You'd go under the canopy and the camera settings would have to be the same as if you were uh, if you were filming at near dark, like in a deer stand. So – being there, it's a hard tie because I got to shoot and be the shooter. Um, I will say this in terms of filming for TV. It opened my eyes a lot being on the other side of the camera right. because it actually detracts a bunch from, your, from the, from the uh, excitement because you're, you're doing a job. So you, let's, let's say my first tag. <laughs> I'm going to tell the whole story because I can we so, got time. We got nowhere to be. Yeah, we ain't got no time limit. We got, we if got, you got if lattes. You, if you got to so, go into work, just press pause. So and we'll you, be right back. you could watch. You could watch the hunt. And what happens is we're we're uh, glassing, and we see a stag. He pops over the mountain, or this little hill, I should say, and he disappears. And then we're walking on the ground. We come back to him, and we see him, and he's peeking at us. And he walks down, gives me a shot. I shoot him offhand, broadside. That's the edit. What really happened? Was I was drinking a beer, and I was we were in a Honda side by side, which is completely. There are no game laws over there, by the way. Don't be crying this crap. There are no natural predators in New Zealand at all, and every huntable uh, game species that's there was introduced artificially. Uh, so they're all non-indigenous, and the only means of population control is hunting. So anyway, we're riding around looking, and I, <laughs> I wish I could have put this in the show. So I forgot about this. I just remembered it. You're sparking some great, great memories. Um, I got my beer and I just opened it. And it was some weird kiwi beer. And I took a sip. And then this stag that we had just seen pops up and is looking at us, which never happens because they normally spook off. But he was rutting so hard. He, he'd been in wallows. I literally chugged my beer and said, hold my beer and watch this. And we got out. We crept up over the knoll. We shot the stag. So, it's a funny story. Mm -hmm. I have no objection with the way it went down. I'm not some holier than thou. I need to shoot it with a recurve bow holding the string with my butt cheeks or anything yeah. crazy. But 
we you hide what really happens for TV, and this is across the board. Very rarely what you see on television, hunting or otherwise. I mean, you think Duck Dynasty was just happened no. that way? No, because <laughs> I know those people. Yeah, I mean, it's it, they literally everything scripted. So, but Eric is releasing a video of me and Zach. It's all real. That is all real. I just changed the order of it, but that was some real shit, and that's that's why y'all like it is because that's one of my passions I have as a creator that I want to do and start bringing to the world is stop with all the fake bullshit. If you don't have a good enough story to film and make it entertaining, you don't have a story. That's right. Stop. Yeah. But everybody, you 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 fabricate. And so anyway, you know, back to back to the hunting on TV thing. It kind of gave me a respect for it because like you shoot you shoot the animal, he goes down. You you're having an exciting moment. Wait, stop. Okay, now do your reaction. <laughs> I just gave yeah. it to you. Yeah. yeah, I just threw my hat 35 foot in the air because I was so excited. And it's like, oh, no, 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 just do it again. So, I mean, I could do it because I knew how the game right. worked. But it's just kind of like by the time you finally get to go put your hands on the animal, you, you're doing it for the camera. Right. And it, Nothing I mean, organic. I, I kind of feel bad for these guys that are on TV. And there's so many young guys out there that dream of being on uh, a celebrity on outdoor TV, which right. guys – Find something else because the celebrities that are going to be on outdoor TV are already there. You know, you're not recreating Jim Shockey or anybody like that. They're there. It takes a lifetime and, and a lot of right Ava. place, right time. Yeah, Ava, Ava that was but by default. She's Yeah, she's Jim she's Shockey. She's a nice girl, she's too. Got, I, I, I've met her. I know her. Uh, I was going to talk we, about her boobs. <laughs> she's Jim Shockey with boobs is basically what it is. I don't know. I think she's prettier than Jim. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, how big was the stags you shot? Uh, so... If a rich guy goes and shoots, I don't have to filter my language. If I don't have to say wealthy. I can say rich, right? No, you can say yeah. rich. Okay, if a rich guy goes over there to shoot a stag, he's going for a high 400-inch, low 500. I mean, that's just a grotesque example of an animal. It's, a, it's the equivalent of shooting a high 200-inch whitetail in the States. So I was hunting, and all of these ranches over there are, are game-fenced ranches, which I'm, I'm – there's so many people that get so tied up on high fence, low fence. I don't give a shit. These day and age, this day and age, we're so biased as, or uh, divided as hunters. If somebody's hunting, let them hunt. Because right now, we need people educating youth to be in the outdoors, or we're going to look up in two more generations and be extinct. So, I think it's sooner than that. Maybe. It may be the next one, man. I mean, there's there's too many other things kids can do. Yep. But um, we would uh, we hunted outside of the, the game which which the 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 uh whatever you want to call it the game fenced area the range or whatever was ten thousand acres so it was no small parcel of land uh we went outside of that and we're hunting free range but who, i mean who knows they could have gotten what, out what was the fauna like there um it was mainly like humongous it, it was what you would expect in a jungle ferns uh no grass on the ground under trees because like the washington state probably or oregon no like Brazil. Well, I've never been to Brazil, so I'm trying just trying to. to I, it may not be. Exactly so, so how big was your stag, though? They were in the mid upper 300 inch, which is which is a ridiculous animal. And a right. 600 pound animal, you said? So I would say around six seven hundred. So an elk, smaller than an elk. Uh, their bodies are smaller than an elk by about 20 25 percent. And they're and the way their antlers are shaped is a little different. They don't have. Like the the end of their main beams doesn't swoop as far back. It stops basically where the uh, fifth, the the G five would be on an elk, and it turns into they call it a crown, and it's just a cluster of of tines. And that was why mine was deemed a 
what we were. So we went, I could have shot a Gigantor for TV, but we wanted something more representative of what the normal guy could go shoot. Now, now is that animal native to New Zealand or are they from Germany? No, nothing's the, native I there. think the only thing that's native to there is like birds. And kiwis. Yeah, <laughs> kiwis. They got some incredible fucking waterfowl hunting. Yeah, they do. Uh, one of my buddies actually got to go uh, when they were, they had a lull. They went out and did some waterfowl hunting. It was oh. stupid. So when someone showed up there one day, it was an island with nothing on it. Yep, and they started bringing shit in. So red deer is actually native. If I'm not mistaken, there's going to be somebody correct me, but from the uh, from England, UK region. Okay. And and a and a natural red deer's antler only grows like his main beam might be two and a half, three feet tops for a trophy. These things are like you need to come to the house. I got one of them back. Um, it's, I mean. Hell, I don't know. Four, it's like this tall off his head, and the tines are this long. I mean, the, it's the same thing they've done with the whitetail. But he looks, it looks uh, proportionately, I think it looks nice. Um, but man, some of the ones that people shoot their 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 antlers are like, you know, just just like a three hundred inch whitetail. It's That's just a massive trophy. It's not not my cup of tea, but uh, for some people, it's all about the inches. You know, some women the same. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Eva. We're gonna we're gonna ra- we're gonna ramp up the story. We're gonna do another. We're gonna go another direction right now. Well, hold on, hold on. Okay. I like the thing that I like about anything is like the behind the scenes type stuff. Oh yeah. So, uh, I was watching one of your episodes at your house, and I did not realize that y'all cut the tongues out of the animal. Oh yeah. For Peta. You have to. For Peta. Not for Peta. Well, it's just, just for presentation. Just for I did not know that either. Yep. Yeah, it flops out. Any deer you see, it flops out to the side. Yes, that's why you you'll notice um, <clears throat> if you look at people like if you follow a a um, like a big fence ranch that's shooting monster whitetail all the time. They're putting them on social media. None of them have tongues hanging out. Shoot a deer and try to keep his no, tongue. No, yeah, that's in right. Mind, I just know? never have thought yeah, about that's that. That's the first thing for TV that they teach you to do. You pull the tongue out, slice it off out of the way you know i just we just got back from south texas and i was driving through the freer oh, I, go- I know where we're going here no you don't yes i do <laughs> but 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 well yeah you probably do yeah. <laughs> but that, that ranch country you've hunted down there a bunch yes and that's some briny thorny shit it is so now that we all know we all three know here let's let the the listening audience know tell us the story about the illegals Oh my God! All right, <laughs> this so is a Christmas story this two is, years ago. This is I, I got I had gotten this new job. You know, it was my big boy job, marketing director for a big organization here in Texas that I'm not going to endorse because I'm in a squabble with. But Le- legal, legal, legal squabble. Battle. So we're not going to. We don't want y'all pushing them. But anyway, we are down there uh, filming for a hunt. We've got some guys that are. Uh, let me think. I think actually all the guys that we were filming were Delta Force, uh, like legit dudes, still active right. duty. One one of the guys hunting we couldn't film or take pictures of because he had just gotten back from uh, the mission that killed like some major leader or something. It was a big deal. He was like on a on a you, was was uh, Tig not on this hunt? No, that was actually one of the helicopter hunts that oh, I met Tig it? on. Yeah. Um, Tig was man, in. Uh, Tig, Tig was in thirteen. He's he's a character T- from the Tig thirteen hours. Tig and Oz were both there. Oz is the guy on thirteen hours that gets his arm all fucked up. And I've got an awesome picture on my cell phone. We should post it on the page. Um, it's me and Oz standing there, and he, he said, "Here's my message for Hillary." And he uses his fucked up hand and flips off the <laughs> camera. Yeah. It's pretty legit. I've still I've got it. I'll show y'all when we get done. Um, but no. Uh, Illegals. So we're down there. <laughs> we're down there outside of Freer filming, and it's like 
it's like my first time that they were like, hey, go film, because they knew I knew how to film. And I was filling in because the camera guy had canceled. And we went down there, and I'm sitting in the blind with this dude. And this, I go, hey, there's something down the road. And the guy goes, what is that? Is that a deer? It's a big. What is it? It was in the shadows. All of a sudden, this Mexican dude pops out, and he's like, <laughs> he's like on Inspector Gadget mode, like looking around, you know. <laughs> and uh, he comes out, and so the road, it's a ranch road. A quote for South Texas people, it's a sendero, sendero. which is just a damn road that's cleared, and you corn down it. Yep. But um, he comes out, and they were, he was the coy- coyote. coyote. So he was coming across, and he was scouting out. Well, then he gets back about uh, in between the two ruts of the road, so he's standing on grass. And he kind of waves the other people out. Now, granted, you're sitting in a deer blind, 150, 200 yards Filming. Away. I've got the, the whole thing was on Fox and Friends, dude. My <laughs> footage was on Fox and Friends. So this dude walks out. He's standing there. He waves the others out. And then all these people start coming across. And we're counting them like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, I mean, 100 yards in a deer blind. I never dreamt this would happen. Yeah. So um, uh, <laughs> he... Uh, those he's pointing on the ground like telling those people to step over the dirt tracks so that there's not any footprints so they step over and they all come across counted 14 plus the coyote now, now, now to explain to people this is not like walking through a park a city park oh hell no we were so Frio, texas is man i don't even know how many people it's under a uh, it, mac it's 814 under two, okay just taking a little while. It's within, two, <laughs> it's within 200. It, it's 100% under 2,000 population. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing there. And the yet. nearest city to it that has any size to it is probably another hour, and that one is still under 10,000 population. And we are an hour outside of Freer, the little baby city. So we're in BFE. 50 miles from the Mexican border. Yes. For, if you As the crow flies. Yes. And this is apparently a major corridor because there's a bunch of oil pipelines that they can cut across, and they jump highway to highway, picking up the next rides. So they come across. Uh, we leave the blind after they've gotten out of the and road. It's thorny and cactusy, right? That's what the, it, like prickly pear, like you can't imagine. Like the, I, I'll I will touch on that when I get to okay. the capture. So the uh, we get out of the blind, call the border patrol because all those ranchers have border patrol on speed dial. Two agents show up. This is the first day I've been on this ranch, and we're it's a 10,000-acre ranch, and I've got to find my way to the entry gate, and we're in the back of it to go meet these guys and bring them back there. So somehow magically found my way up there, bring the Border Patrol agents back. Uh, when I met them at the gate, they asked how many there were. We said there's 15, and they were kind of like, oh, okay. I'm sure they've heard exaggerations before. Yeah. And I said, I've got it on video. They went, really? No shit? Can we see it? And I showed it to them there. On their radios instantly, like, hey, we need to get a chopper. Where's Omaha? Where's Omaha? Like, asking for their bird, Omaha. And um, they're like, oh, it's it's going to be off station for another hour, but we can have it there an hour and a half. So, <laughs> of course, this landowner has his own helicopter. And uh, You're running with better circles than the boys yeah, here at Stanfield. Like, uh, they've done better than we have. Yes. We're doing – we have good intent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got, we've got a podcast. Fuck them. <laughs> hey, man, we're growing and <laughs> booming. But – um. So they get there. I'm trying to keep it as short as possible. Helicopter takes off. The landowner does. He's looking. And the ranch manager that's been out there, and he's like a fucking Indian tracker. He finds the first one. We start slowly gathering them up down clear cuts and senderos that they have. But we were out there with these dudes that are like Delta. And they're like, dude, look. He, he countertracked across the road. Like where the, They were smart enough that they swept their footprints where you couldn't tell what they were doing. 
and uh, we we tracked them around, and they had crawled in a a little like one foot wide washed out area of a game trail that was a foot deep, mm-hmm. and crawled belly crawled through it through cactus everything, turned around and hooked around to throw us off, right. and then went back the other direction and went around. So we finally start catching them. They're spotting them from the helicopter. Then Omaha comes up there. They have a <laughs> it's like a EC one thirty. <laughs> excuse me comes in a white helicopter with u.s border patrol on it, and i'm like what the shit sitting out there filming all this stuff. we got two helicopters going around looking for these people we didn't give two shits about a deer hunt at this point <laughs> yeah. and we ended up catching all of them except the coyote and they said that was really really common because what he'll do is he'll tell them to hunker down and, and they'll be okay he'll ditch he runs yeah. and they said that that happens and that so it's normally done with the cartel obviously it's illegal and what they'll do is they'll have them charge around. They said it was around eight thousand a person, so the family would pay four thousand. Then they would take them, and then when they were successfully delivered, they'd get the other four. What they do and what they don't tell anybody is that they do that, and then if they get caught, they say, "Hey, they're over here, and we're holding them hostage, and we're not going to let you speak to them or see them until you pay the remaining balance." They pay the cartel the remaining balance, and then their fucking family shows up back at the house in a week. Yeah. Mm. So. It was a really jacked up deal. And like the girl, there was one girl in the group and they said that that's very common for the coyotes to just rape them at their pleasure. She was beat to shit. They all had thorns hanging out of their arms and stuff. It's a terrible deal. And it's a sad way to have to try it. It really is. Build the fucking wall. Build the yep. fucking wall. I'm all about that. And I'm not saying that because I don't think those people deserve a chance. No, just do it legally. You're do it the right that, fucking that, way. And again, that's not fucking humanitarian the way they're coming across. Hell no. They're coming across like animals, man. Build the and wall. Legal. Let's let's figure out who's here. Build this wall. That way those fucking coyotes don't have their yes. have their way with these yeah, 10, 12, and the 13 girl year old was 16, girls. Maybe. Yeah, it's sad. It's yeah, a it's sad, terrible. sad I mean, you know, if you're if you're this humanitarian liberal, do you want people coming into our country that way? Do you want a fucking fourteen year old girl coming that's how she's getting to America? Here's even even besides me having that fucking case study right there. When you talk about illegal immigration, what's the first word? Illegal, illegal, but that don't matter. Nobody forgets. But, but I mean, that's just like that it's, should be the end of the discussion. Yeah, bank robber, my, you know, then it'd be different. <laughs> so uh, these people, and what's sad about it, or not sad, what's scary about that whole thing is, let's fast forward. If it'd been two and a half hours later, and it's dark, now you got some Delta Force guys yes. with you, so you've got some some somebody there. It's not like your average Joe Schmo yeah, hunter. I was packing every day yeah. after that. But, by the way, people, it could easily be a group of guys. Hauling crystal meth over here that are cartel guys, and they and they're getting paid ten thousand dollars for that yep. bundle, and your life ain't worth and ten thousand dollars. That's what the border patrol guys said. They said y'all. If he said in the future, if something like that happens, don't fuck with them. Because he said y'all saw young people, so it's okay. You see adults coming through there, right. leave them alone, because they might be hauling coke, meth, whatever. And if you hem them up, it may be it may mean that their families get killed. That's right. And they're going to kill your white ass in a hurry. Well, well, yeah. we're, well, we're talking about Mexicans in Mexico. You told me this story not long ago about your, your, your last time you come back across the border from Mexico, you from were, Tijuana. You were a little <laughs> butt puckered. <laughs> butt puckered. Tell yeah, that story. Shit wasn't even bad then. And you, in, were you going fishing or were you down there on a pleasure trip? No, so, okay, so the last time I actually went down to Mexico was going fishing. This was not that trip. This was in a vehicle with a dude that goes down there every day to go fish at a lake close to Falcon Lake down by Zapata, a little bitty town, which also I noticed that's where Trump deployed the National Guard to set at Roma, Texas, where the border crossing is. And I took my wife down there six months pregnant. Way to go me. Yep. But the 
horrific trip to Mexico on foot. So, we are in an H2 Hummer that screams, I've got money, (laughs) going down there. And the line was short. So, they told me, hey, I have a Sentry Pass. Didn't know what that was because I'm not from Which California. Which explained that. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, we're in California. I flew to San Diego, met up with a guy. We're getting an H2. We're going down, crossing the Mexican border at Mexicali, people, if you've ever heard of that city. If you watch any of the shows about the drug cartels, it's that's very they, famous. That's where they is be. <laughs> so we're driving down there, and I am 20, eight years ago. I was 23, 24, single, didn't give a shit. Having fun. I might get to shoot some pheasant. We're going bird hunting down in the Baja. Uh, so we're driving down there, and the sentry line and the normal people line was about the same. And the sentry pass is essentially kind of like global entry or uh, the TSA pre-check, where you just right. get you get in a faster line. That's yeah. all there is. They do a little background investigation and determine, hey, you can go over here, pay us 300 bucks a year so we can pay somebody's salary that doesn't do jack shit. Typical government. And uh, we cross by, and it's like, as soon as you cross the border, there's red lights. And when you stop, uh, you know, people are trying to hustle on the highway. It's like, holy shit. Like, I've been, we've all been to Mexico. Yes. This was like real Mexico. Like, yeah. holy shit, this is what you see on TV. Like, little kids like, chicle, chicle, on the stoplights, like, standing. Sicario like, type. Yes, it was yeah. freaky. Like, don't deviate from the highway. Right. So we go down. We shoot a shitload of pheasants. It was really fun. We come back, and the line is very long, and the the lighting is very, very dark on this time <laughs> of day. It was pitch-ass black outside, and the line was crazy long. He's, and the guy looks at me. He's like, hey, man, we're going to go through the Century Pass. It's okay, though. You don't have yours, so you just go across the border by foot. We'll pick you up on the other side so we don't have to wait two hours in this line. Fantastic plan. Oh, great plan. And I'm like, uh, okay. So, so going down there, he has the century pass, but the line was short. So, so we he went to the normal. It. He went to the normal. Yeah, line. we went to the, the normal folk okay. pass. And coming back, it was not so, so, not I, so much. I, dude, and get this. like, give you guys, I'm going to try to elaborate so you can have a visual. I'm sitting there. I stink like sweaty butt crack and, and <laughs> nut butter. Yeah. I've been three days hunting in the Mexican sun. I'm sunburnt as fuck. I've got an Under Armour Realtree camo short sleeve shirt on, a khaki colored hat, and uh, tan dockers. No, no, no. Tan Carhartt pants with hunting boots. I've been hunting. So... I get out, and I have to leave all my shit in the car so I don't have to carry it. So it's just me and my passport, passport. and my billfold. I go, where do I got to go? And he said, just get that guy, pay him 10 bucks, he'll take you. And this dude's out there with a sign selling shit. And he's like, <laughs> you need a border cross? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, and he said, okay, this way. And he just starts jogging. And <laughs> you, go, you go off the road, across grass, and to the stairwell that goes down under the fucking ground. And it's, like I said, it's it's... Sicario. It's black outside. It's yeah. pitch black. We go down and it's like lit with fluorescent lighting, and there's all these little shops to sell you bullshit trinkets, but they're all closed and they're like, so it's eerie. And then at the end, there's this beautiful, brand new aluminum and glass entryway with U.S. flags and shit. Bitch, we're happy as hell to see oh, that. I was like, here he goes. I don't have a 10. Here's a 20. Fuck. I ran all the way to the thing, and then I get to the <laughs> to the Border Patrol agent, and he's like, hey. Uh, so what have you been doing here? I was like, oh, we just been down here. Uh, uh, came to see a buddy, and we're scouting out a, a hunting spot. Well, did you do any hunting? I didn't have a license. So <laughs> I said no. <laughs> I was filming, which I was. That's true. Yeah. I wasn't hunting at all. And not, not I might have shot a gun but it, and hit a bird, but it was an accident. And Pure happenstance. Yeah. 
So I said, uh, you know, I told him the story. He said, how how long are you visiting? And I was like, we've just been down here a couple days. He's like, really? Okay. Like, just hemmed me up for a while, and I was getting nervous. Then he let me through. Come across, and it was actually sketchier on the U.S. side of the border. Because there were homeless people everywhere loitering the the side of the street. So how far of a little little jog was this? I would say the the corridor was, and somebody here this listening may have been down it before, but... To I'm me, not going down it. To me, it felt like it. I've, I bet nobody listening's been down that. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like it was probably 50 yards long. Once you got to the to the to, bottom to the core, and it was a cement, uh, like the shape of a, a truck trailer, like a connex, like a big rectangular, uh, just a cement underground walkway to go through this fucking check through. It's the most stupid idea I've ever heard of. But felt like imagine felt the like murders they've had on there. I could have disappeared like easy. Was there some sketchy people in the court in the dark? You think? No. Uh, every, everybody out there, I think, was genuinely trying to hustle. But I bet it's a night and day difference from 2011 till today. No, oh, I bet you're right there. Well, like you said, that was what eight years ago. Seven. Seven years ago. I think so that's right. it, it. I bet it. I bet you're right. I bet it's I night. Was, night the, and day. The difference is young and dumb. Now old and married. Oh, Makes a big difference. I ain't fucking doing it. That's, yeah, that's when you no tell way. the guy that's paying you to get fucked and drive me across the border in the slow lane. It's not old and married. It's called having a kid. Yeah. It that's changes everything. About. Yes, it does. whole way you watch everything, you see everything, you see people. Just It's just a whole different yep. world. It's amazing. So I want to switch gears real quick. For the gun nerds, What we're going to go back to the helicopter hunting for a little bit. What guns you running, what optics, all that good stuff. I know. I know – Gun nerds are everywhere, so <laughs> let's nerd it up here. All right, we run nothing but ghost guns. So oh, we, we have a, actually we have a couple different things we do. If we're in an area that's in a high concentration of, of coyotes and we know if it's if it's one of those deals where the landowners are really losing some cattle and we got to do some damage, we'll at least make one shooter run a, a shotgun. And we run Benelli M4s uh, with a extended uh, choke tube. Works pretty well. Shooting a two and three quarter double op buck beats the shit out of you. Everybody thinks that that's the best option. It beats you to a pulp. You're constantly feeding the tube. Yeah. It's it's just a bitch. Um, I don't personally like it very much. And another big issue is that if you're shooting anything over around 150 pounds, it knocks them down and you think they're dead, but then they get up and then they're wobbling around. So if you're not paying attention, you'll have some wounded stuff. And that that's one thing, like not trying to toot our horn too much, but – we we really pride ourselves on not leaving wounded animals. There's some other operated uh, other operators that do, um, whether it's knowingly or, or just not giving a shit. But to me, no matter how much you hate an animal, if you're an outdoorsman, there's nothing worse than seeing an animal that's suffering needlessly. So, if you're watching videos for pork choppers or something, and you see one that looks like it was wounded, rest assured, we always stop. Turn around and shoot them in the head. It's the easiest thing in the world. If they're spined, if they're wounded, yeah. just shoot them in the head. The crappie flopping is not good for the. That, that's the worst thing they can do is for hunting movies. I always see people. Oh, you need to see bloods and guts. No, you no. don't. No, that's no. not. Doesn't look good. You need and, to cut the tongue out and make yeah. this motherfucker. And, and I will presentable. say, kind of shifting gears a little. Okay, let me get the guns before I jump ship yep. here. Yep. Because uh, I, I guarantee you, people are gonna be like, "Well, you know, we're, shit, we're I running see the right now, and I want to know what they shoot." What we've traditionally been running are, are AR-15s. Uh, the ones that we've been using for the past forever, Black Rain Ordnance. Um, they're uh, they're a company out of Neosho, Missouri. They're they've been really good to work with. And, um, I don't know if I'm going to change gears and do something different or what I'm going to do, uh, but I've I've had good luck with their guns. Um, they're chambered in 223, 
and we run suppressors. Uh, we we work with Silencer Co. They they're great guys. They've helped us a lot, and um, you know we run the Saker 7.62. I know it's a 308 can, but like this, I can double dip and put it on my bigger caliber rifles. So we do run a suppressor, not because I mean we know the helicopter's loud. We we do that because. Um, when you're close to some some cattle are a little more light-footed than others and they'll spook when they hear the gunshots coupled with the helicopter the suppressor actually makes a night and day difference for that so it helps a lot um we run 30 round magazines they are uh magpul p mags uh just because they're more consistent and i can rely on them a lot more uh our optics we use uh eotex they are the traditional reticle it's a circle with just one dot in the middle no drop reticle I think the model's an XPS2. And Magpul Furniture comes on the guns from Black Rain. Anyway, that's about it. Oh, I don't remember what tangent I was going to jump on. I lost it. Should have just jumped on it. We could have got back to the gun shit later. Damn it. I need a, I need a notepad like King like, Jeff over here. You need one? No, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, so EOTech, that's that's kind of the, uh, the upper echelon of, uh, well, of it's, optics. Yeah? It's, it's a really, really strong optic. Um, the, the biggest thing I like about it is it's just it's point and shoot so it's holographic so you've got a little bitty screen I would say it's maybe it's probably three quarters of an inch across and maybe just a shade under that high and wherever your little red reticle is even if so if you have a headset on in the helicopter and you can't get a good cheek weld if the, if the reticle appears in the upper left corner put the dot on them it's, that's where it's going to hit no right. matter where it appears so they work really well and the uh, complete honesty the reason that i use them is that they're a little bit cheaper compared to like an aim point uh aim point uh the the site i would prefer to use from them would be uh micro t1 or micro h i think it's h1 they're the same thing but it's it's little bitty real low profile and it just has a dot in the middle and it's the same thing but they're around six seven hundred bucks and i can get the eotech for 450 oh, okay. and I've, I've had really good luck with eotech uh their customer services fucking insane i had a, a site that wasn't getting bright enough and i, I reached out to them and uh, told them what i was doing and they kind of looked at my stuff and just sent me a demo unit and i sent them my old one so i got the new technology for no big deal and i'm sure they would do that you know they were going to fix it for me for free anyway but i told them i needed it real quick so hey, have you had the guy request yet that wants to go up in the helicopter and wants to shoot a 50 cal and wants to be a man half a mile away there's so many internet warriors now, speaking of that, I actually did that, and I haven't done the video yet. Let, let me get a drink of my Coors Latte. While he's doing that, I, we're gonna. Uh, there's another story that I want him to tell, uh, and we'll we'll get to it later. I'm gonna make a note on. I got it, Jeff. I'll make a mental note. <laughs> we'll forget. So, um, we had uh, a little bit of our, our helicopter's getting overhauled right now. Uh, making it basically, you have to do it every 2,200 hours. You make it brand new. So it's getting that done. We had a little bit of time left before it was timed out, which at 2,200 hours that happens, and we were going to do a fun hunt. So Emmett and I went up. It was the first, one of the first days of April. And I was like, let's just take some random shit and see if I can shoot stuff with it. The one that I've in my core wanted to do since inception of this legalizing was bolt-action gun. And my dad has a bench gun. It's heavy as shit. Bull barrel. I think it's got like a 26-inch barrel with a suppressor on the end. Long, heavy. It's a 7-millimeter STW with a not-forced 5.5 to 20-something power scope. And 
took that. So that was the one I was really excited about. But I also took my 300 blackout that I made, uh, which is a Seekins Precision 300 blackout with the Trijicon SRS for any of you gun nerds. And I was running an AAC 300 or no, an AAC 7.62 suppressor. Anyway, um, I was really disappointed with 300 blackout. It's no more effective than a 223. And if you don't know what a 300 blackout is, they take a 223 cartridge, they neck out the uh, where the bullet goes on the end of the of the brass to hold a 308 bullet. So it's a really cool round, but it was no more effective. And instead of being 36 cents a shot, it was a dollar ten a shot. So right. I, I wasn't happy with that. Uh, I had a shotgun. I had a, a 38 revolver. Killed one with a 38 revolver. That's a worthless piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I went to that bolt gun. And I was shooting them at probably 80, 90 yards. And it was astonishing how accurate you can be. I, I got in the back seat behind the pilot. So I was shooting across and resting the gun on a on the uh, other seat. So I had a rest. And just take your time. And he hovers real still. And pop him with that. And that was pretty cool. But anyway. Uh but yes, I have people ask. The, the scariest thing is when somebody says, "Hey, I've got a fully legal M60. Can I bring it?" What's well, an <laughs> M60? If you don't know, is a Vietnam era, fully automatic, belt-fed machine gun, fully semi-automatic. People, this is what CNN talks about. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, no, it's it's uh, they bought it legally as a pre-86, but man, you t- you talk about risk. And I've actually jumping onto another story. I've actually let one client bring. Well, I've let two clients. There's one that I already knew because I'd worked with him before that I could trust his gun handling skills. The other was a, a gentleman, and let's just shorten it up. A gun went off as what? they were walking back to the vehicle. Well, I don't have to ask. Away. I don't have to ask my uh, my story anymore because that's where I was going. I was I was just going to say, have you ever had a guy that wanted to bring his gun, knowing the story, and you just you just that was the it. one. That was the one. I got, I got to abbreviate it because I'm sure he's going to listen to this when I share it. No, that that's a good story. People people want to hear it. God God brings his own gun. God brings his own gun, which is, which is our automatically something that you don't let people do. I normally don't. Uh, there's a lot of reasons because we have deflectors on them just to make sure that what'll happen a lot if you're leaning out really far, you'll kind of cant the weapon to the left. Uh, that's where the ejection port is. It kind of angles the trajectory of the brass up, so you might get some dings on the rotor blades. I don't think it would ground you, but it may it might be enough damage that a that a mechanic wouldn't pass your inspection and you got to buy a $40,000 set of blades. So um but no, he brought it. Everything was okay until the very end and then uh they were walking from the helicopter back to that and it was him and it, his wife. <laughs> yes. And I can edit that. Old, if I need old catch it over old, there. Old nut squeeze over there. <laughs> old nut squeeze. He's trying not to get into all the details. They, they weren't married, so uh, they walked back, and uh, we were standing there, and I hear <laughs> and dust flying from his left side where he was holding the gun by his side, and fucking didn't put it on safety. <laughs> Which accidental discharge happened, but and. And that deal, thank God, nobody got hurt. It's not the end of the world. I've had an accidental discharge, not with a fully automatic weapon, but and it was in my youth. And it, oh, it wasn't my dick, Jeff. It wasn't my dick. Oh, I've had, shit. I've had, couple, I've had a couple of those. Ooh, you know, is that how you got uh, a baby with a pregnant wife right baby, now? Yeah, baby number two. Oh, shit. An accidental discharge. Oh, shit. You got to watch some ADs. As, uh, but, as, as one of our town 
As one of our <laughs> town drunks said, she told me to get off, so I did. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, oh, only to oblige. But uh, that's like the joke where they say, she looks at it and says, who are you going to pleasure with that? And you say, me. Me. That's right. <laughs> it, is, it is not long. Anyway, we've gone is, down. It is skinny. We've gone down a dark path. <laughs> long and skinny. It Short ain't, and skinny. It ain't, it's not long, but it's oh, skinny. Oh, shit. But, no, um, yeah, that was kind of one of those moments where I was like, you know what? I need to keep it simple. I, I'd actually gone through the process and filled out the paperwork. I was thinking about getting a Class 3 FFL where I could have some legal demo weapons. Because, I mean, in these small towns, it wouldn't be hard to get a share, our local sheriffs to sign off on that kind of stuff and offer a kind of an upgrade package where you can go up and shoot full auto. And it's like, fuck that. I see the dumbest shit happen right now with semi-automatic weapons and people that say they own these guns. Yeah. And it's just... I don't know. People are really, really negligent with firearms. You see it a lot. Um, you know, one, you one of the scariest things that I that I have noticed, <clears throat> and it's and it is it's of no. And and, and, and before you, we continue off this subject, if any, like I said, any liberals are listening, we're not talking about people running around shooting up fucking schools and stuff. We're just talking about like maybe not being as responsible with it amongst themselves like we're not talking about killing people or banning guns so but i think i think what you do is good because like you give people an outlet that they can explore <laughs> they can explore these things i'm not fucking taking a school shooter up well no no, no i'm not i'm not <laughs> i'm not saying a fucking school shooter. No, i'm not some therapy company no but you're giving people like an outlet of of playing with this type of stuff and, oh, and yeah. having fun with it's it. like the gun range in vegas where you can go out and shoot every kind of those gun guys make bank yep and they have, and that's all they do is people that win ten thousand dollars at the blackjack table and think, you know what I want to do? I want to go see some machine guns yep. this morning, and they do it. Yep. And I don't know what they get per hour there to do it, but I know them guys are doing I, real well. Yeah, they're they're not hurting. They're I okay. I saw one the other day where the guy had old taxi cabs and shit. He let people shoot up. Really? Fuck yeah! They had a fully automatic M60s, you, yeah. and they're just blowing these cars up. I mean, you got I've, some I've got I've got a now. client. I got what? You got a Twinkie in your mouth again. You okay. got away. That's what they said. They said it, sometimes it sounds like Jeff has a Twinkie in his mouth because he gets away from his microphone. He's not eating, folks. Thank you, thank you, Luke Musgrove, now for that. Now you're too close. Jeff, to it. Jeff Stanfield is fasting through this entire That's podcast. Right. I've had a couple pieces of ice. He's on what is it, Ram- Ramadan? <laughs> like those, yeah, like those yeah. hundred <laughs> Ramadan. Uh, but one of the scariest situations that I've ever had, and it is of no fault of the hunters, guys that are shooting Super Black Eagle twos. Benelli Super Black Eagle 2. Oh, you were talking about this when I was filming. Uh, the guys will pull up and they'll they'll have they'll they'll pull the trigger, nothing'll happen. And they think they got a dud. So they get back in the blind and when they pull the bolt back to eject the uh, shell that they think is a dud, the firing pin goes forward and that's when the gun goes off. Benelli, if anybody, if you've ever had this happen, send a note to Benelli because I have had this happen probably six times. One of the times I was out front with my dog getting a bird, and the guy, you know, we just shot a volley. We're 45 seconds. Guys are reloading and everything. Uh, I think that they're all reloaded and all back on safety, so that's when I, you know, it's normally safe to go in front of the firing line. And I'm maybe, maybe – 10 feet away from this guy and he goes to eject this shell that he thinks is a dud and it goes off. If I'd have been, if I'd have been four feet to my left, it had got me right in the old, right in the old butthole. And that'd have probably been the end of Andy Shaver. And as Jeff put it, the old rooter tutor. That's right. <laughs> You've been to some pretty cool places. 
uh, you've been New Zealand, you've been to British Columbia, you've been all over Mexico. Right. What's the nicest place you've stayed at? Nicest place. And what's the biggest shithole you've stayed at doing the same thing, filming hunts? Try to think for a second on that one. Nicest place. The the main lodge at that place in British Columbia, uh, uh, I can't even remember the name of it. Stone Creek Outfitters, I think. That it was pretty amazing. Um, just a gigantic log cabin. But I'm trying to think, I mean, there's it, it. It would end up being some some rich dude's house or something that was on a ranch. I I don't know for sure. The the neatest place I've ever stayed um, is at a ranch. Uh, La Violetta Ranch and it's outside of Hebronville which is even more podunk than Freer close to the border down in South Texas and it's a historic ranch that's been in the family it was homesteaded in like 1862 is this part of the Dolph Briscoe stuff no this was this this neighbors the East Ranch have you ever heard of that yes I have the Robert East Ranch yes it neighbors that and uh, it's a is it's, the East Ranch maybe is owned by the King King fam, King Ranch. Uh, uh, no, King I think it's a different guy. Like because no, no, no. they don't allow any hunting and never have, and it's in a trust where you can't shoot anything. It's all quiet and so good. I think it's part of the King Ranch estate. It's part of some one of their relatives, I think. And I'm sure someone's going to say, "Oh, fuck no, I yeah, know better." Yeah, some you know some expert. I don't know. We're not South Texas. But anyways, they so think we're Yankees. But um, <laughs> the uh, the house that we stayed in, it was just it was just cool. It was, uh, it was over a hundred years old. Um, it had the old cellar down in it with all the original shelving where they used to store their, their canned goods and things where it was cooler underground. Um, it was just cool as shit. It was a hundred year old house and it was, they take such good care of the property that everything was still standing. Nothing was like fancified or anything, just a bunch of big white tail, uh, hanging on the walls and just sat out there and, and, and drinking beer and whiskey and, and going and hunting big deer. Uh, the biggest shithole I've ever stayed in. <laughs> I know where it was. It was, uh, it was a guy who used to be my boss. I hope he li- – oh, Josh, I hope you listen to this, dude. Uh, his name is Josh Kinzer. He uh, – <laughs> Josh Kinzer. He had this lease outside of Menard. And the part of the lease came with a ha- uh, quote. I'm doing quotes with my fingers. Yeah. House. And we stayed in it. And they'd been talking the whole time about how it was haunted. And there were some other guys there, and they were all freaking out. Dude, this house looked like something out of a horror movie, like get butt raped by a ghost horror movie. <laughs> and we were sleeping on these mattresses that had springs poking through them and shit. And, oh, that, that one was I, – I don't have enough good descriptive words to really do it justice, but that would have been it. I mean, we still had a blast. It was actually one of the most fun hunts I filmed probably the entire time I was there uh, at, at, at that uh, unnamed place in South Texas. And – yeah, that was probably one of the most fun ones. <laughs> the, the, but it was the company, not where we were. It was who you were with. You know? It's amazing the atmosphere when you get around Hebronville and Encinal and that Freer area, the deer hunters, isn't it? Oh, the, it's a whole different world than anywhere else. Of yes. It? Oh, yeah. We're amateur hour compared to what down there. They So that, that ranch I was talking about, that's a working cattle ranch. It was one of the first Beefmaster cattle ranches, uh, registered uh, herds down there, uh, or in the, I guess in the, ever. But, um, like, they take their cattle so damn seriously, and their deer are on par. Like, they have biologists that come in and teach them, uh, you know, they look at what the weather outlook is, what the rain they've gotten is, what their vegetation looks like, and how they can balance that so that they can balance the wildlife with the with their domestic cattle, 
which to me, I mean, they spend a ton of money just on these little things, you know, improvements, put water here, do this, which people up here do the same thing. But no, you find me a rancher that gives two shits about a white-tailed deer and how big his horns are getting and what the genetics look like. It just doesn't really exist up here because everybody here is ranching to make a living. They lease the deer hunting out and let them deal with it. Yeah, it's play money down there for those people. Exactly. I mean, that's the, the wealthiest families. There's a lot of oil down there, too. A lot of wealthiest families in Texas own property down there. Yes. And for the people up north or for anywhere else that's listening to this, that doesn't have an idea what we're talking about. We're talking about the area they call the Golden Triangle, yep. and it's south of San Antonio, Texas, and back to the west, and goes to the Mexico border, goes down close to Kingsville, basically between San Antonio and Brownsville from Corpus Christi back to Del Rio. That area yeah. back there kind is— Kind of La- LaSalle County starts it south of San Antonio. You know, I actually had the privilege of filming at— I would put it against any low-fence whitetail ranch in the country— um, Charco Morano Ranch is a woman I worked with. She, we, she and I are still good friends, and uh, I went out there to film because uh, the the ranch owner's wife was going to shoot a, a buck that they had, and it was. The, we're talking. This is a hundred percent free range, non introduced in ge- uh, genetics, like as as legit as it can possibly get. And they have put so much effort into it. Granted, just like Jeff was touching on, this is the apex of whitetail genetics in the world. Those South Texas whitetail are the toughest. They can live through more drought than any other whitetail, and they still carry large, uh, you know, massive antlers, which is very impressive. This ranch has has shot multiple 200-inch free-range whitetail, and I actually got to film this past season a whitetail deer that scored a 207 free-range completely no no you know tag it and bag it and drag it over here and cut the ear tag out this is a real deal and oh man that that was so you you sit there and you see you see three-year-old deer they they have a three-year-old deer on that place that's bumping 180 free range i mean it's just you, you know throw throw the they've got biologists that help them throw the protein cotton seed I mean, obviously it's like do they, they have, have many wheat fields back on them deals because I didn't, I when I traveled really. through there, rain. I just was through there just four days ago. I drove, we stayed in Uvalde the other night, oh. and we drove up from South Padre, but we come through that area, and I and I like seeing it. It's like anything else. It's just, it's an interesting area to right. me. And I respect and appreciate all the money and the old family history. That's a true Texas area down it there. It is. But it you is. don't see a lot of wheat fields. No, so nothing like we have. Do they have any food plots on them ranches? Uh, some of them do, but the food plots almost always don't do where the shit because they hardly get any rain. Right. And, I mean, we think we've got it bad. They've got white, chalky, sandy soil that. Ugh. But when it does rain, they can grow shit we can't grow. So, I don't know, but yeah, it's they 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 not in a condescending way but just like what we do in terms of whitetail in this part of the state is almost laughable compared to what they do um just because that's kind of where it all started you know i mean that's where the first high fence ranches started was down there uh that was where people were so serious it was a race to 200 and now then it was a race to 300 inches i'm talking about the score of the deer boone and crockett and we had a guy say hey you guys can come film and this wasn't a Texas whitetail. This was a northern deer. They were, it was up at a ranch up there. He said, y'all can film for the show up at our ranch. We Every year we shoot the biggest deer we've got. And this year it's going to score, we think, around 630. A whitetail. Jesus. I can't even fathom a 600-inch. A 630-inch whitetail. Wow. They're, they're shooting They're shooting a Texas, Texas whitetail down in South Texas that are high fence in the 400s. 
Isn't that ridiculous? That's just crazy. There, there are white-tailed deer. Oh, I shouldn't even go down this tangent because, like, I, I was just <laughs> talking about not being d- d- divided as hunters. Yeah. But they're shooting. They're they're growing deer that are breaking their own necks by three and a half years old because their horns are too heavy for their bodies to to and handle. They break their own neck. That's nuts. That is crazy. Peter, you can't use that. You don't have so to have a high fence for that. That some bitch can't jump over a fence. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. He's dragging his shit behind him. He's a walk in reverse. But that is a neat area. I, mean, I, I wish everybody could drive through there and see it. And That's if you're not beautiful. a hunter, you wouldn't be impressed by it. But it'd be like just cactus scrub. And but it's as thick a brush as you can be. Oh yeah, can imagine. Then then you get north of there and you hit the hill country, and that's the most target rich environment probably in the state of Texas. Every exotic you can think of, and if it's not in a fence, somebody had a fence, they let it go, and it fell down, and then they got out. There's deer running around town. Uh, the office I worked at had deer at it. I got a picture from someone driving home from work of about a 160 class deer standing in the neighborhood, and I'm talking about in the middle of San Antonio. So. Yeah, they, those deer had no pressure put on. What have you got to shoot a, a nail guy? No, I haven't, but I've heard that's the best eating uh, uh, animal in the state of Texas. I, th- I think so. The best eating animal I've ever, well, beef is my favorite still, but outside of beef, moose is my favorite. I actually got to have moose in British Columbia, and I agree. It's better than elk. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I think so too. And nail guy I've had is better than moose. Uh, stone sheep tastes like shit. <laughs> it tastes exactly like you think it would. It's a, it's a sheep that lives on rocks. I had a guy that hunted on the King Ranch used to hunt with me, and every year he'd bring a bunch of nail guy up here. And that's the best eating outside I've heard of, it. And they're one of the toughest animals in the state of Texas. They're a big, big, they're a, they're a, they're a hoss. We, uh, our guys went out and filmed a bunch of nil guy hunts with some wounded veterans and stuff through a, a nonprofit organization, Trinity Oaks. And uh, Tom Snyder. Uh, yep, he's a good dude. He's a nice guy. He's hunted with us many times. He's one of the most genuine uh, uh, men that has the means to – he's one of the most genuine wealthy guys that I've ever met that when he talks about – Doing things, he does it right, and he does it truly selflessly, a hundred percent. He does a lot for the wounded, uh, war, uh, wounded veterans, yes. or wounded warriors, and then he also does a lot for kids. Yes, a, a shit ton with youth. Yes, uh, one of the, one of the few pay, uh, people that's actually, you know, the the wounded vets thing is on the rage. Everybody's doing that, uh, or everybody, you know, there's there's just an abundance of that. But man, the kids—that's where it's so important right now. We we are. The scales are not in our favor. I mean, it's bad. It's so bad. You look at a school, or hell, a park is non-existent now. Kids don't go to no park. No. Because they're going to sit at home and play Xbox or do whatever. And I'm a gamer. I like playing games. But when I was a kid, my mom would whoop my ass if I went over my hour limit on a Saturday. It was like, go outside, go cut your hands on rocks and break your arm, do that. She didn't say that. (laughs) Remember when your dad shot you with the paintball gun? Yeah. Well, and just so you would know how it felt to get shot by a paintball gun. And then probably, man, probably the maddest my dad ever got at me. I bought this dirt bike off of uh, like one of the one of the ad deals, maybe like motor, like Cycle Trader magazine or something. I got it out of Abilene, or no, I don't even remember where I got it. But anyway, short the story. I bought it. It ran great, and then it dropped the pin out of the crankshaft. So I didn't have the money. I was only in like the seventh or eighth grade, and I'd saved up all summer to buy this dirt bike. So dad paid to have it fixed. Cost him like six hundred bucks. They had to fix it. The day I got it back, we had just gotten a big rain in Knox City. I went up Sandy Lane, and Horse Creek was flooded. I picked the only fucking spot wide enough to put a motorcycle under the water, <laughs> and it sucked. It sucked. Uh, it sucked water into the air breather, which I already knew was bad. So when it when it went down, I I killed it real quick. 
thinking it'd be okay. I, I wasn't strong enough to get it out of the hole. It was a 250cc two-stroke. It was a big-ass motorcycle. Well, someone – I didn't call my dad because we didn't have cell phones because we're old as shit. And uh, dad got a call from somebody he knew. I don't remember who it was. I think Joe Rodriguez or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but um, said, hey, I see your boy's dirt bike parked out there in the middle of the water. What's the deal? And – he knew what had happened because he'd already warned me about it. So he came. That's the worst one we've to already been there. told. He came flying out there, and it was me and all my friends. They're all standing on the side. Dad comes screeching up, and condense the story a little bit. the The phrase I learned that I will never forget the rest of my life was that that was about as dumb as sticking my dick in a wasp nest. <laughs> 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 so you guys can use that. I haven't patented it or copyrighted it or anything. <laughs> So if you need to discipline your kids or give them a lasting memory on doing something dumb as shit, dick in a wasp nest. Dick in a wasp nest. <laughs> but hey, there's one thing I got to ask you, Jeff. I've been on blast all night. So this is something actually like in the how, – hell, how long has it been now, Andy? How long is what? We will 20 years since you've entered into my life and Andy's life? 20, be 22 this year. 22 years already. So one thing I never asked – two things I never asked. One thing was why y'all called Ron – Roy, I found that out on the podcast. Okay. And you want to know something? Side note, what? tangent. Uh, we left the lodge one time, and my dad and I were talking about it. It was when you were letting us deer hunt back mm-hmm. here. And uh, I said, is it Ron or Roy, Dad? He said, it's Ron. I said, why do they call him Roy? He said, I don't know, but don't call him Roy because I think they're fucking with him. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we were. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh <laughs> Ah, oh, damn it. I lost. I went on my tangent too deep. What were we going on? You were going to blast me, you said. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, if the story I remember is correct. I'm getting nervous now. You, you guys huh. kind of conceptualized uh, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters in school, right? Was that a, was that in like college. a college deal? When I was in college. It was an entrepreneurial project, right? No, or something like that? No, 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 no. I wrote about it in high school on a, on a class I okay. had to have about starting a hunting business. Anyhow, so, like... I, I'm I'm seeing a trend, you know. This is the big honker lodge, uh-huh. and and you know everything. What, what are you? What's your tornado chasing? The chubby chasers. The chubby chasers. Okay, you got chubby chasers. Andy and uh, Tony are doing remodeling. That's TNA. Yes. So there, it's definitely sexual <laughs> innuendos. So sex sells. My my curiosity is: was big honker solely related on the fact that geese honk, or was it a titty reference? No, it was actually over that. Oh, over a goose. But it got a lot of wordplay on it, so oh. that was always a big honker lot. Oh, okay. I've just always wondered. <laughs> but I had a guy that hunted with me back when I first started, and his wife would tell his her friends all the time that he was up at the Big Hooter Lodge. Big Hooter Lodge? She never Lodge? could get it right. It was always Big Hooter Lodge. God, don't Because nice. one of her friends asked me one time, it was a buddy of mine's mom, she asked me, she goes, did y'all really name y'all's place Big Hooter? I go, what? <laughs> she goes, y'all's hunting lodge. Y'all call that the Big Hooter Lodge? I said, no, it's a big honker lodge. Oh, she goes, shit. oh, she can't ever get that stuff straight. <laughs> you know, I guess that's something that we haven't covered. It's our, sex? Our, no. Oh. I think our listeners. Origin story. Our, uh, the, our lodge name is the Big Honker Lodge. For those of you who don't know, that's our that's the name of our lodge. So that's it's, how we came up with the, the name of this podcast. podcast. Yes. And that's we why can't. I get in trouble for saying Big Honker Lodge podcast sometimes. <laughs> Jeff's all when Jeff answers the phone, hey, Jeff Stanfield, Big Honker Lodge. So anyway, that's how we came up with the name for this podcast. So it didn't just come out of thin air, people. There there's an origin behind it. But we are a hunting family and we have been since it started when we started this whole thing. I married Michelle, we got the boys, Eric. <clears throat> And, and my brother-in-law Todd are huge hunters. Eric's worked for a 
trophy hunters, and he's got a helicopter hunting service, and that's just kind of. But this is a normal day for us at, oh, at yeah. holidays. This is this is literally like I told Andy. I was like, man, it's just like when I listen to the podcast, it's like Thanksgiving minus. Yeah, like, grouchy what? ass. <laughs> we all. That's an inside but, joke. We have a family member that. We by the way, avoid. if you ever if you ever start dating anybody related to this family or anything, and you find yourself isolated in one corner, getting your ear talked off. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to initiation. Yeah, all the new guides <laughs> and the new family members. The first Thanksgiving or Christmas. Yep. Put so, it put it this way: it ain't gonna be talking about this kind of shit. <laughs> no. no. Oh goodness. <laughs> well, our Andy's whole family's tickled. our Andy's whole family's tickled. gonna get a crack out of this Andy's now. He's tickled. I don't know. I Good don't thing know is, one go. of them can't work an iPhone. Good yeah, enough no to shit. do it. I don't know where to go from there. Because <laughs> I'm afraid that the technology is going to get so simple. I know. I know. I'm super scared to even. But they'll figure that. it out. <laughs> that they'll that they'll figure out how to listen. To They're it. just the too naive to figure it out. The one under fire won't listen. Yeah, no <laughs> he can't hear it anyway. <laughs> shit. He or she can't hear it. Oh, I don't know. Shit. Well, I'm, I'm gonna ask you guys. Did you did you did you remember your mom on Mother's Day? I did. I remember my mom in that um, on Saturday at 4.50, my wife called me and said, hey, I need you to go get your mom a Mother's Day present. I forgot to. Ooh. Is Richardson still open? I said, I just left there. They're open till 5, damn it. And I turned around and went and bought her a mud pie present. <laughs> well, good for you. Yep. It was just a little sign, and Caitlin had already picked up a card we rode in, and it was good. Andy cooked for Michelle this time. Boy's done was, a good that job. Was pretty sweet. Does that what? come in? Yes, we had the whole uh, all four boys. Seen there. old scooter in a while. Yeah, pain bailed on the pitcher though. Yep, he wasn't he, in on that. He, he was ready to go home. <laughs> he had enough of that shit. About hours enough. Yeah, <coughs> I don't know where he gets that. So, anyways, <laughs> I think this has been a very, very good uh, podcast. We'd like to have you back again, Eric, because this I figured we got about half the stuff we could talk about. Probably oh, a lot less man. than that. We didn't even dive into politics at all. No, no not, 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 not much no, at all. We're, 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 we're over an hour and a half now. So, oh wow. Man, it goes by fast. It goes by yeah, quick. it does. Yeah, there's there's a festering scab that is the world of politi- politics. We can we'll, get we'll have you back in a month and we'll do a politics show with you. We'll uh, just talk current affairs. We we need you to give us your. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Go G- ahead. We need you to give you throw, throw a shout out to your website. Yeah, give, give oh, okay, a pl- that's what I was gonna say. Give a plug. What do you got to plug? All right, Where so can people reach you. Website the easiest. I mean, you can go to porkchoppersaviation.com or go to heli hunts h e l i h u n t s dot com. Uh, they both go to the same spot. Facebook is just just look Pork Choppers Aviation. Uh, Instagram Pork Choppers Aviation. If you like watching animals getting killed from a helicopter, find it, like it. If you don't, probably better avoid it. <laughs> you ain't gonna like it. You share this on your our Facebook at Stanfield Hunting and link your stuff so they'll be able to get it. Yeah, yeah, I'll okay. put it on my page too. So that my I put followers. on my page today. I put a link to your stuff. Oh, okay. That you were going to be on here, and you're the first special guest outside of somebody that works at Stanfield Hunting, and you know, in, in, a, in about you, a year and a half with Matthew McConaughey sitting here, and we're going over <laughs> the the script my, the for script for my movie day. that I'm writing Armistice Day. Oh yeah, and you, you'll be like, damn, I sit there before he did. When, why, why Matthew McConaughey? When we were setting it's up, Texan. When I we just were, feel like he'd be like, you know. I fly this plane. Yeah, when we when we were setting plane. up today, they were going over Jeff's uh, movie idea of having Matthew McConaughey playing this Armistice Day tragedy. Uh, that's, I, that's, I'm intrigued. That's from a couple po- podcasts ago, but yeah, I, I wish I, we would have been recording then because that was actually some good good stuff. Well, and, I, and I know nothing about it except for what I heard in the podcast, which is pretty much what we ju- we just reiterated everything that was on that. But it's an um, American story. It is, and it's it. There's dumber shit out there. 
Oh, I mean, like, think. Okay, I, I feel like that story is incredibly comparable to the recent, semi-recent Mark Wahlberg movie about the uh, Deepwater Horizon. About the that's a great movie right. too. It I, is. I, I liked it, but it's strikingly yes. similar, like level. It's just older. Yes. Yep. Same type deal. Tragedy. I, I would watch it. I'd line up to watch it. Matthew McConaughey, though. I'm. I'm. We're gonna. You want me to go with Mark Wahlberg or John Goodman? <laughs> <laughs> he can't fit in the airplane. I would say uh, I'd, I'd, I'd go Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, he's British. That's okay. He puts on a good. Yeah, you've seen Lawless. Still, he, he's he, damn he good in uh, Dunkirk too. You know what? I've had access to that Dunkirk. movie for a little. No, I haven't. No, I'm thinking of uh, uh, what's the one with the little dude that wouldn't carry a gun. Law, uh, no. Oh, Shia LaBeouf. No, it's not Shia LaBeouf. It's the dude that played in the new Spider-Man. And he, oh, shit, I it was, it's a old a war movie, and he refused to carry oh, a gun. Oh, He's a medic. Ha- ha- uh, not Hacks. Is it Hacksaw? Yep. I haven't seen it. Hacksaw Ridge. I haven't said seen Hacksaw, that's a great movie. and I haven't seen Dunkirk. That's a hell of a story, too, about a true guy. He believed enough. He didn't carry a gun, but he still did yep. what he was supposed and to do. And he ran in in front of everybody. But, a lot of amazing people out there. Yep, there are. And we got a lot of shitheads. That's the same. The shitheads get all More the- dipshits than yes. amazing ones, for sure. Andy, plug yourself now. People are finding me, Jeff. Are they? <laughs> People are finding me. So that they can bitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I have caught more slack off of my comments about baseball <laughs> than baseball. anything. I, baseball and my use of the F word, I've caught more shit over. Uh, that's, that's one thing. I commend these guys, and I'll say it right now. That's something I, when I started my business, I swore that I would not filter myself excessively. Uh, granted, I do hold back some. Yeah. But I feel like this day and age is a day of pussies. Everybody is so sensitive. Everybody is so worried about hurting people's feelings. And you know what? In my business, if well, the way I am hurts your feelings, you don't need to book with me. You don't need to come meet me. You don't need to be my friend. It, yeah. And that's what I did. And I love it. I love what you guys are doing. I love the fact that you can cuss on here and, and not be filtered. I mean, there it is within reason. Like, I, granted, we could make it a contest to right. see who said yeah. the most F words, but yeah. that's in bad taste. But I just I try to stay authentic, and, uh, you know, that's what you're going to get. This is a script-free podcast, isn't it? It is. 100%. I showed up, and I was like, what are we going to talk about? And they go, I just, hang on, we're three, two, one. <laughs> literally, literally <laughs> that's, that's how it went. He was like, all right. We're we're five seconds away from hitting recording. Like, so what we're gonna talk about? Three, two, one. <laughs> Let's hit it. There's a, oh, we wing all this stuff. Yeah, like, we don't. Wow. There's no there's no script. This is us being ourselves. We riffed pretty well though. Yeah, it's been a great time. Uh, if you find me, I'm at uh, at Andy underscore Shaver Are on you Instagram. Looking it up? No. Oh, okay. Uh, the computer just went black, and I was like, God damn. <laughs> okay, my bad. Uh, <laughs> at Andy underscore Shaver, you can find me on Instagram. I did have somebody reach out to me about the Quill Lake. What they say? Nah, they were just laughing about it. <laughs> oh, they weren't. They, they didn't. They didn't take a side. But I did get they a. Felt, they felt my pain. I got a guy sent me an Instagram the other day about Hillary Clinton and the Boy Scouts, and uh, I don't know if the meme on the Boy Scouts is true, but I'd seen it before. But he thought I. I I'm assuming that's, that, that he's is realized I'm not much of a liberal because he said the Boy Scouts have lost 425,000 members since it started, and I don't know how true that is or not. I don't know how many damn Boy Scout members there is, but I don't know that that whole deal when you asked him when you asked your dad about that, I about I was right. like, oh god, here it goes. I'm too old to be caring about yeah, this shit. But it is that is fucking ridiculous. Yep. That's that's for that politics. I, that's that's for the politics when we'll have Eric back. I saw a meme today about the TSA too. It said TSA members. It's a meme. 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 What did I say? Meme. It's a meme. Meme. What it the fuck? It don't time. matter. It's a meme. <laughs> okay, it's a meme. 
He's saying it different. He's Call saying, me out in front of America. It's in Spanish. He's saying it in Spanish. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. a mim. It's a mim in Spanish. It's, it's a mim. It's in Brownsville, it's pinging. It's a mim. <laughs> it said that 405 TSA agents have been arrested since they started doing it, and they've caught zero terrorists. No shit. I believe shit. that. For but Robin. I, I know that is a statistical fact that we are 0% on stopping terrorism. Yeah. Like, they haven't caught shit. And then right after they uh, tightened up all the rules, and, and Young fact check me if I'm wrong. Guess what? It doesn't matter. It's a podcast. <laughs> But, um, and I've got they, the fucking microphone. They, yeah, this is my mic <laughs> for now. And I probably just popped. But um, That's all right. they said that when they tightened everything after 9-11 and stuff, that they did a test. I don't know who did it. One of the other agencies. They ran 16 uh, pieces of illegal contraband through the same airport, and they caught zero. Zero. 16. Well, I watched an old lady get groped a couple months ago at the airport, and then I got uh, got frisked by a big black guy, and he started frisking me. He spread your legs. I said, well, you ain't going to find much down there. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even crack a smile, Jeff said. He didn't smile. He didn't see just going to look at me. <laughs> didn't even really? crack a smile. Oh, he's Holy six shit. foot five. You're not making that up? No. Oh, true. Wow. At, at Hobby International. Man. He Best did. thing I ever did was get. Are you TSA pre-check? No. Do you fly much? Not as much as no, and I'm not going to do it anyways. I hate flying. Oh, okay. If I fly Man, two, I three times I went, a year, is enough. I went to Abilene and did it. They have a remote deal. It literally took me from the time I exited my vehicle, walked in, got fingerprinted, and got back to my truck was six minutes. No, oh, I would do and it you for pay, that. And you pay eighty five dollars, and it's good for five years, and you don't have to take your shoes off, you don't have to take your belt no off. I would shit. do that. I, wow. I will. I will be. And doing you go that. through yeah. the fast lane for five years, eighty five bucks. But he did. He he's like, you need to put your arms up and spread your legs. <laughs> I was like, okay, you ain't gonna find much down there, fella. He just kind of looked at me, boy. <laughs> he didn't crack a smile. Nothing. Crack a smile nothing. or shit. Damn. It's like, boy, he needs to work on his sensing here yeah, a little he bit. Does. Lighten up. Jeff, what do you got to plug? Uh, I don't really have nothing to plug. Take some kids hunting. Yes. Um, Jay Stanfield, hunting, 68. Hunting season's over, bub. You can take, take them fishing. Hunting. Pig, pig hunting. Take them pig hunting. Take them fishing. Fishing, yeah. We're, we're running a hog dove special here. Look us up at stanfieldhunting.com. www.stanfieldhunting.com. <laughs> we're going to be making a T-shirt that says George W. Michelle showed me the markings of it today as she's doing it. I'm getting old now. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to the Big Honker Podcast. God bless you. And good night or good day. Whenever the hell you're listening to it. Have fun, everybody. Thank you.